John Catch had a lot of jobs in his lifetime. He left home when he was six and had worked ever since. He'd been a zinc miner, professional mascot, a male escort, and had somehow along the way even managed to spend a year as a weatherman, despite having no training in meteorological sciences. The best job he ever had, though, was being a temporary investigator. The pay was great, the perks were amazing, and the work not that hard. He didn't even care how empty the title was. Sure, justice and equality for all sounds nice, but to him, working one or two weeks every month and spending the rest of the time at bars, brothels, and Broadway shows sounded nicer. Many years ago, while interviewing for the position, John said that he believed in justice. He may even have believed he believed that at one point. But now, he was more concerned with enjoying all the perks that came along with his position than actually solving the crimes he was supposed to be investigating. This was New America, the place where dreams came to die and workers came to be exploited. If his version of being exploited meant living in a mansion and being driven around town by a chauffeur, he decided he could live with that. Where to, Mr. Catch? To the police station, my good friend. I have to get my ass chewed out by my boss. Could you take the scenic route, though? I'd like to have time to get blitzed beforehand so I don't cry when he yells at me. Slow and steady. Yes, sir. It is so nice in here. Literally hundreds of times better than the place I live in. So that would make it hundreds of thousands of times better than the car that I lived in. I lived in a car, you know. Did I ever tell you this? Towns? Towns? I believe the driver cannot hear while the screen is lowered, Mr. Kirch. Well, fix that, Jeeves. You know how much I appreciate the lost art of conversation. Using proximity detector. Connecting to Alfa Romero system. Townsy, you don't have to wind the window up with me. We apologize. It is a force of habit. Is there something you wanted our help with? No, I just wanted to talk, I guess. Doesn't anyone ever want to talk? To us? No. Well, that's the rich for you, isn't it? No appreciation of what it's like to be a working individual. Shoot us like we were mutates or something. That they surely do. Not that there's anything wrong with being a mutate. That they surely not. Takes all sorts, you know. Hey, did you ever drive Hill to meet with your boss? The mutate? Yes, sir. And what did you think about the two of them and their interspecies affair? We have no opinion on the matter. Come on, I can't imagine cleaning these leather seats of their spilt over love juices was a fun way to spend your afternoon. But would also explain why it smells like a gallon of bleach back here. Thorough cleaning is part of our job, Mr. Catch. Passing judgment is not. We try not to judge, sir. We have enough of that in our own life to deal with. Well, now I feel bad. Towns, can I ask you a very personal, detail-orientated question about your operation? We would rather you didn't. What if I said it was related to the case? Is it? No, I guess I'm just a little extra chatty after taking that bump of whatever it was I found in Gronk's medicine chest this morning. My my tongue is starting to get itchy. Is there anything back here that will help me take the edge off? The bar is to your left, sir. Oh, what do we have here? This looks like... X, Speed, Mellows... Oh, yippies, I haven't seen them in a while. And What's this? Gloss... Glostrath... Trimphiumth? Gloss... Glostrath... Trimphiumth? That was Mr. Gronk's medication. His actual medication. Oh, shit. I keep beginning to ask Mayhew about that. Do you know where he got these things from the Yippy Dippy gang when he could have just got them from a pharmacy? We do not, sir. Bad news for Astrum Thrum, whoever you are, Mr. Name on a Bottle, because you're not getting your medication today. I am. Warning. Ingesting medication prescribed to someone else can be harmful to one's health. Jeez. If I didn't do things that were harmful to my health, I wouldn't get out of bed in the morning. I live on the edge, okay? 
Besides, these are just normal medical pills. You can tell because they have that weird hospital taste. Maybe he was just taking them for his eyes. Sismic Grunk. What else are you hiding from me, you dead bastard? We may never know the depths of all Mr. Gronk's secrets, sir. No, everyone has the secrets. I don't begrudge the man that. It's just his are leading the investigation in a lot of different ways. Maybe the Admiral will understand why I had to go back to Franklin when he sees how confusing this all got. He is a kind and understanding man, after all. Of all the bumblefuckery I have ever happened to haphazardly bumblefuck upon, this has got to take the cake, the biscuit, the whole picnic spread. I picked my least competent person to cause the least amount of trouble, and then what happens? I'm balls deep in my beloved wife of 45 years when I get a call from Franklin. The Mr. Franklin. You know, an old school detective would deduce that means I'm getting close to the truth and- But you're not an old school detective, are you, John? We don't have those anymore. This isn't Dirty Harry or- the one with the crazy racist bloke who won all those awards and was canonized as a saint of wayward drunks in 2122. Lethal weapon. Thank you, lethal weapon. This is real life, and in real life we do what we told, don't we? Mm. Don't we? Yes, Admiral. And what were you told to do, John? Uh, not cause a fuss, Admiral. Not cause a fuss, John. Well, what is it you want me to do? I'm following the leads as lazily as I can. Look, if you want me to pin this on someone and be done with it, we can do that. Between you, me, and whoever's listening in, it's all the no same. One, no one is saying that. Anyone that may be listening in on any hidden recording devices, I want it on record. I am not saying that either. Boss, am I getting the impression that you don't want me to pin this on Franklin? Jesus, how the frunk are you this slow? No, don't pin this on Franklin. Ask the bot what it thinks and do that. Yep, okay, don't worry, boss. Me and J9 will sort this out. Just get out of my face, Jean. Yep, okay, yep, don't worry boss, me and J9 will get out of your face. Jeeves, a deadline's been set. You know what that means. It's time to put Operation One-Winged Falcon into order. My files have no record of such operations, Mr. Catch. You don't remember Operation One-Winged Falcon? From the time we were trying to find out who was ciphering money from the kids' hospital. Hmm, maybe I just called it that in my mind. Anyway, we do the same thing we did there. You compile a list of the suspects, work on the alibis to find who had the highest statistical likelihood of doing the deed, and I go get good and trunked for a day and stay out of your hair. I don't go on a full bender, just a little one. That way I'm accessible if you need me. Understood. May I suggest speaking with a potentially useful source before beginning the bender, sir? What source is that? Garvin Gray, co-host of the Hollywood Studio History Podcast, has been trying to contact you with prevalent information since you arrested Mr. Henry. Why are you only just telling me about this now? Mrs. Gray was insistent that she would only speak to you as a guest on her podcast, and as instructed on previous occasions, I should tell all podcasters sending interview requests to... To go fuck themselves and their fucking stupid fucking podcast. Yes, I remember. God, I hate podcasters. Who the hell are they to think what they have to say is so important? Mrs. Gray has become most insistent that she has information that... God, it's a farmer name anyway. What's a farmer going to tell me about murder and movies that I don't already know? Generations of all the least skilled people from across the world are breeding to give them a shovel-handed corn jockeys and one's going to tell me how to do my job? Mrs. Gray has become most insistent that she holds information that will be of great use to you in solving the case, sir. 
I believe any new information at this point of the investigation will be beneficial to the- Fine, I'll talk to her and haggis munching cheese hen with her dirty fingernails. I will patch her through now, sir. Alright, let's find a room to do this. Patching through, Mrs. Garvin Gray. I'm a very busy man, Mrs. Gray. Now, I believe you had something you wanted to tell me about Gronk's untimely demise? We'll get to that. First, I have to say that this interview is brought to you by Sunshine Cola. Sunshine Cola is a refreshing taste sensation that, unlike other cola drinks, won't use profits to fund Third World War in- What the fuck are you talking about? I'm plugging my sponsors. This is being recorded for Jesus, the- can you not do that in post? I have a matter to solve you here. You know, the only people who ever suggest- Doing it in post, or the people who don't work in post-production. I'm the one who has to stay up all night editing and re-editing and dropping in. Garvin, your man Henry can rot in prison for the rest of his life for all I care. Alright, alright. Mr. Ketch, in arresting David Henry, you have made a grievous error. I mean, probably, yeah, but he did have means and motive and access. No. He didn't have a motive. I have been looking into this murder since it happened, and I think there is one person that you have overlooked. A person with more motive than anyone. Nestin. Yeah, that's the angle your co-host is trying to sell me on too, but this fish isn't biting until you dangle a little something more appetizing in his face. What? What I'm saying is that if, if you can't afford to bribe me, then you're gonna have to give me more than Henry's word that Neston was the one who did it. Then, what about my word? If I convince you, will you let him go? Well, you'd have to spin one hell of a yarn. Challenge accepted. Detective Catch, I want to take you back to 3029. Okay, good start. I'm beginning to feel invested. Neston was the son of immigrants. Chasing the do-over American dream, he moved from newer New York to L.A. to be a movie writer. Okay. He worked as a driver for a Shim family-owned studio by day and wrote his scripts by night. Scripts that, that had the spark of old Hollywood epics that the films of the time could not recreate. Okay. One such script, a western about a cowboy who had agoraphobia, he slapped into the briefcase of a young up-and-coming studio executive, Sistmic Gronk. Gronk loved the script so much he greenlit it the very next afternoon. Not being a guild-sanctioned writer, he couldn't give Neston a screenwriting credit. But Gronk saw his amazing storytelling abilities, and he agreed to bring him on board as a producer in a new studio he was setting up. GNR. Exactly. See, you need a guild membership to be a writer. But any schmuck can be a producer, if they have the cash. So, with fellow Wunderkin, Prentworth Rollins, Gronk fronted the money, Nesting came up with the ideas, and that's how the short-lived GNR Studios was formed. Okay, I'll bite. Why did they take his name off the wall? Here's what we know. Nesting was a progressive. All the scripts he pitched were all about breaking social taboos, redefining barriers. They were hard movies with sad endings. Kinda losing me, but keep going. When was the last time you 
saw a movie like that outside the five sad ones that always come out around Oscar season. None of the movies Neston wrote were ever going to be made. GNR was always going to be a subsidiary of the Shem family. So? The Shem Corporation have an algorithm that tells them what a movie should be, what people want to see, where it should be set. Nothing Neston wrote worked with the formula. Have you seen Red Sorcerer Killer? Uh, yeah, I saw it on TV a few times. It's an old movie about a ninja lady that throws plates at people. That's what it became. In its first draft, it was Red Tea. A story of an Asian woman struggling to hold on to her cultural identity while working as a waitress in newer New York. Have you ever seen Eye Mountain Massacre? No, but it sounds good. Is it on Disney Flix? It did great box office. It was not the thrilling suspense movie about a married couple in their 30s snowed in during a snowstorm, Neston wrote. It made money as a teenage tits and gore flick. What I'm saying is they changed all his movies. Every movie script that Neston wrote had the uncanny ability to be bastardized and changed into some popcorn movie garbage. That was Grant's gift. Well, then what happened? Neston got sick of it through an artistic tantrum. He demanded to be let out of the deal that said he could only write exclusively for GNR. And then they killed him in a horrible way, sent assassins to scoop out his brain so they could hook it up to a machine what? and... No, they blackballed him. Gronk used his sizable influence to successfully sue Neston and stop him from using his own name as it was part of the GNR trademark. Someone even added a stipulation to his contract that if he didn't write for GNR, then he would not be legally allowed to write anything for anyone ever again. They could sue him for everything he had if he so much as filled in a crossword with too much flair. But how does this relate to Gronk's beheading and deading? Don't you think Neston has the better motive to kill Gronk? You could argue that, but then I would argue how do I find a man with no name, let alone find him and arrest him? That sounds more like your job than mine. Where are you getting all this information from? My J9 couldn't find any of this. The month he was fired, he did a bunch of podcasts. They all got shut down for libel. But I have saved copies of them from the dark web, and he tells the same story in all of them. He talked about how he was going to move out of Hollywood, change his name, and never write for movies again. He also mentioned he would never forgive Gronk for ruining his life, and he would pass that hatred down to his daughter. Well, goddamn lady, why didn't you lead with that? Where is she? That's something you'll find out on the next episode of Hollywood Estries Podcast. Oh, you Idaho Irish podcast, and you better tell me where this girl is, or I will rain down upon you with such furious Can't vengeance. You relax. I'm not recording anymore. That was just to make sure the listeners come back next week. I'm going to tell you where the girl is. Well, spill it, Podnerd. F, you let my co host go. No, oh, the security guard. Jeeves, would you take care of that for me, please? Release papers have been filed. Expected time of exoneration, 21 hours. There, now, make with the info. Alright, I'll send it to your robot now. You've got mail. Now we just need to arrange part two of this interview for my listeners who... Fucking podcasters.
Mr. Catch, just you're still alive? Don't sound so bummed out about it, Mayhew. It's just that when your robot companion removed you from the mansion two days ago, you looked, well, blue. Not a sad blue. Choked for life blue. Oh, I must have nearly died of my sleep again. Chief didn't mention that. Mayhew, how are we for, like, a big spread? Say if I were inviting a handful of people over to accuse them of a murder, could we feed them all? I could lay out some cold meats. Deli style? No, that, that won't do at all. Looks like we'll have to postpone the exposing of the murderer till tomorrow. Give you time to roast a ham or something. Does this mean you've discovered Master Gronk's assailant? I reckon I've clocked it. Or at least I'm close enough to throw some wild accusations about anyway. Could have clocked it a lot sooner if you told me about his off-books medication. Did you know about the Glazian Mayhew? Yes, sir. Indeed I did. His vision became quite impaired over the last four years, and the Glazium helped a great deal. Uh, uh, I'm finding it very hard to be asked about any of this anymore. J9, if you want to keep looking into this, that's up to you, but I'm going to bed. Just make sure all the suspects are gathered here tomorrow, and we'll put a bow on this thing. Good night, everybody. Oh, and Mayhew, I wasn't kidding about that roast ham. Yes, sir. Wait, don't open it yet, Mayhew. I'm still filling up the piñata. The piñata I bought especially for this occasion and someone forgot to string up. In my defence, sir, I was certain you were joking when you said you wanted to add some flourish to the manor for a more party-like atmosphere. Have you ever known me to be a kidder, Mayhew? I've not known you for very long, sir, but I can attest that in the short time we have been together, I have yet to crack a smile. Get the door. Mistress Vaughn, welcome home. What am I doing here, Mayhew? It appears Mr. Catch has identified the culprit in the case of Mr. Gronk's assassination. So what's that got to do with me? I am to believe he wants an audience in front of which to demonstrate his... detectively worth. Please come through to the parlour. Miss Vaughn, why fancy meeting you here? I want it on record that I am only doing this because I was told this was an official summons. I need to be out of here by eight. I have a date. Oh really? Tell me, what kind of guy is he? Sporty? Bookish? Sport bookish? All you need to know about him is that he doesn't like to be kept waiting. So let's get this show on the road. I took a few too many uppers this morning and it's not good for me to be out in society with my internal filter off. God, you're just my type. Let's forget about this whole murder thing and run away together. What do you say? I shall answer the door. Okay, but we may not be here when you get back. Me and Vaughn could be starting our new life in Paris or Prague or Portsmouth. Miss Vaughn, I don't believe you've met Mr. Hill. Jesus. No, I would remember that. Charmed. Ruddy, ah, good to see you again. Mr. Catch, given your lack of contact and no signs that this ghastly crime has come one step closer to being solved, I gathered you had fallen off the face of the earth. <laughs> I wish. No, there were some blackouts, some benders. I did get a bit of a cold. Mayhew, you let that in the house? Mr. Catch was insistent. He assured me this whole ordeal would be over with once everyone was gathered in one place so he could levy his accusations. I suppose it's worth it then. If you'll excuse me. Before we get the accusatory ball rolling, I would like to sincerely apologise if my reaction to your admittedly terrifying appearance caused you any offence. It was never my intention to belittle you. 
to make you feel small or less than. If that did transpire, then again, sir, I apologise. If that is as close to being treated like a living being as I'm going to get, I suppose I'll have to take it. Cool. Having said that, if you wanted to confess to the murder right now... I did not kill Systemic. I had no cause nor desire to. If you say so. So, mutated. How's that been working out for you? Every day is a ritual of shame and humiliation. Well, looking like that, you're going to feel ashamed, aren't you? Do you mind if I smoke? Actually, the shame and humiliation I feel is for people like you who judge me. And yes, I do. Mr. Slash, Mr. Towns, I believe you've met Mr. Catch. Of course you know Miss Vaughn. And you are likewise familiar, of course, with Mr. Hill, Mr. Grunk's mutate lover. Bullshit. Bull fact. There's no way. Grunk was into some kinky shit. Would it help if I described the location of his bear-shaped birthmark? The surprising location of his third nipple? The god-awful crazy frog tattoo on the base of his penis? Ew! Why would you lie about knowing all that? Did you pay one of the girls he used for that information? Miss Vaughn, please. No. I've had enough of this. Of all of this. Let's just agree the mutate did it and move on with our lives. If only we're that simple. Unfortunately, we have to address this like a real case. A case that has finally come to an end. Ladies and gentlemen and non-gender pacifics, I present the accusations! Thank you, we practiced this. Oh, apologies, sir. Is that a piñata? Yeah, the celebration store didn't have enough time to print a banner that said, you're going to prison for the rest of your life. Jesus Christ, catch who did it. Okay, fine, God, why does no one here like celebrating? Now then, murder. Murder, murder, murder. It's a hell of a thing. Why do people kill other people? Lots of reasons. Some of them good. Some of them bad. Jealousy, lust, betrayal, irony. Irony? Sorry, I don't really know where I was going with that. My overall point, though, is someone cut off the head of Systemic Grunk, and I believe that they are in this very room. Except for... J9, where's Franklin, the golden egg guy? Mr. Franklin's personal assistant informed me via email that he would not be attending. So that's it then. It was one of the high society people that killed him. You think so? I would not put it past them. Systemic was good at making movies, but in terms of other investments, including the ones he went in on with his secret society friends, well, he had a bad habit of picking stinkers and backing losers. Wish you would have told me that before. Probably would have been helpful, but no. As much as I would have liked to pin it on them, I don't think the eggheads did this. I just wanted him to be here to see how cool this last bit is, and maybe get some weekend passes for his club out of him. Can you get to the point here? You know, for a room full of Hollywood people, I'm surprised I'm the only one here who appreciates the theatrical. Well, I'd wager my performance in the handsome genius that solves the cases due a standing ovation when I tell the audience gathered here that you, Miss Vaughn, were born Miss Neston, daughter of one Philip Neston, former disgraced associate of Systemic Gronk, a man on whom he swore bloody revenge. I'm pausing for gasps, guys. Everyone already knows that. They do. We knew. So you're saying your relationship wasn't vendetta-based? No. 
Gronk gave me my first role because he felt bad about what happened between him and my father. I told you this while you held me against my will for that interrogation. You did not. And it wasn't an interrogation against your will. It was a candlelit dinner of which you may not have wanted to be a part of. Either way, I said Gronk took me in out of some small trace of guilt or obligation, not just because I'm gorgeous. But you still feel tormented about how he stole your family's legacy, stopped your father from making his films. That's why you changed your name and- Vaughn is the name father changed to. I was born after all the GNR stuff. And he still made movies. They were just small art films made out of New and New York. No one ever sued him to make him stop, because they were too weird to make money. Really? So... So he's not a homeless vagabond hellbent on revenge? No. He's a pretentious art film director in New New York. He also died last year. Oh. My condolences. It's alright. He was a prick too. I actually had dinner with him a few years back while I was out there. Miss Vaughn is right. He was a bit of a prick. Shit, well, that's me sunk then. That's it? That's what this whole big accusation scene was about? Is this, like, your first day on the job? I thought we were all just going to agree the mutate did it and be done with this. Why are these two even here? Well, Hill's only here because I needed to collect some money from him once I gave him a name of a murderer, and since that's kaput, I don't know. And Towns, I... I don't know. I was instructed to gather all likely suspects, Mr. Kirch. I never said Towns was a suspect. I received a command prompt from HQ at 11.12pm, stating that I should run analysis on the data and produce a suspect. So you... I have solved the case, Mr. Kirch. Ah, that's my boy. Pulling my ass out the fire once again. God, I love you, Jeeves. Permission to go into dramatic explanation mode, Mr. Kirch. Are you kidding me? Yes, a thousand times, yes! With the command prompt in effect, I was able to investigate angles overlooked, missed, or forgotten. That sounds like a dig at me, but carry on. The first break in solving this case came when Mr. Catch discovered the prescription medication bottle in the Alfa Romero. The name on said bottle, Astrum Thron, was found on a list of American mutates with permission to work in the city. I knew it. It was the mutate. I can't believe I trusted you, Hill. Well, I can't believe I pretended to trust you. It was not me. Correct. It was... Them. Us? Mr. Gronk used Glolazium, a medication for retinal rejuvenation. It is my belief that it was not vanity that kept him from retrieving these pills from a medical institution, but the fact that doing so would alert the Shim family to probable cause to remove him from his seat of power at G&R Studios. If he could not see movies, he could not be trusted to make movies. Like how you can't be an astronaut if you're short-sighted. Yes, this this is all coming together now? It is. I believe that while making contacts within the pharmaceutical community that could supply him with Glossian, Mr. Gronk was also made aware of a medical study that found when given to American mutates undergoing demutification, Glossian, taken before Affirmatium, created a Euphoric high. Euphoric high? Oh, now you've got my attention. Carry on, man. 
If Mr. Katz had examined the contents of the bottle, he would have discovered that the bottle contained both colasium and avernatium, a drug designed to lower testosterone and irradiate blood levels in American mutates. Side effects include blood clots, cancer, insanity, and in cases of overindulgence has been known to cause gender uniformity. Oh, shit, I took some of those. What's going to happen to me? Am I going to die? Am I, I going to get super high? Tell me. Aftermatium does not affect humans. No, it only affects mutates, stripping them of their individuality, rotting their very core and turning them to neither mutate or human. What on earth were you thinking doing this to yourself? We could not afford the androgyny procedure. The aftermatium did the same job. It all seemed very logical to us. We took enough to be able to achieve the desired side effect, and while we worked for him, we continued to supply him with aftermatium. It was win-win, and while exchanging prescriptions is against the law, it is certainly not murder. Why didn't Gronk just get the mutate pills himself? Well, if it was like a medical drug for a mutate, you'd need a mutate doctor to prescribe it to you. Mutate doctors aren't going to have human patients. That wouldn't make sense. The paperwork would never go through. The The only way you could get your hands on mutant medication would be if you were a mutate with health insurance. Upon inspection of the G&R Studios employment package, I discovered that anyone hired in a personal capacity to a studio director does receive full healthcare benefits. This includes secretaries, personal assistants, and personal drivers. It is my belief that the only reason Mr. Gronk hired Towns Jables Astrin was solely to gain access to their proscribed medication. It still doesn't explain why they killed Gronk. That is because we did not. With my suspicions now directed towards Towns Jables Astrin, I was able to use my previously gained access to the Alpha Romero's system to interact with its onboard computer and access its records. The Alpha Romero system keeps detailed logs on fuel levels, destinations, tire settings, and in order to assure safe travel and comfort of passenger, passenger's weight. Okay. Am I the only one who doesn't get what J9 is building up to? As Mr. Catch began his accusations, I exited and performed a full chemical scan of the interior of the Alfa Romero. Mr. Catch had previously mentioned a smell of bleach, but unfortunately for Mr. Slashmesh's towns, bleach removes staining, not DNA evidence of blood splatter. I may not have a motive, but given the average human head weighs 9 to 10 pounds, and the DNA evidence, I can officially conclude that, while on the G&R lot, as the cameras were set to Mr. Gronk's privacy loop, Mr. Slash Mrs. Towns waited until Mr. Gronk was in the Alfa Romero in a drug-induced catatonic state, and used a bone saw much like the ones used in the demutification process to remove his head. They then brought the cadaver back to Mr. Grunk's office, cleaned the interior of the Alfa Romero with bleach, and waited in the car until they were told to go home, at which point they presumably disposed of the head. Towns, my fellow worker, is this true? 
Not a word of it. Yeah, well, G9 really sounds like he believes it, and that stuff about the DNA evidence, oof. I think I'm going to have to arrest you for this one, pal. And if you want my advice, and I'm not just saying this so it cuts back on the amount of paperwork I have to do, it really will work out better for you if you confess now and then plead guilty later in court, because the judge, he's not going to be open-minded like me. He's not going to see a demutified individual. He's going to see a mutate that killed a human, a rich human. And he is going to... I know it's a hackney cliche expression, but I can't think of any other way to put it. He is going to throw the book at you. A confession in a guilty plea would go a long way towards getting you out of the death box, and, if you're lucky, towards a life prison sentence. In that case, we confess. We We killed him. Well. Shit. So that's what this all came down to? He was looking for new ways to get high? Why not just have his bumpy boyfriend there get the pills for him, and not involve this psycho? I recall him broaching the subject once. I refused, caused such a row we didn't speak for three weeks. Poor Towns was young and naive enough to think the demutinification would change them only on the outside, but it changed you inside, didn't it? It warped your mind. You became so obsessed with the Hollywood depiction of beauty that your own form was no longer acceptable, even even after all you had done to find peace with it. Hmm? Oh, oh no, it was, it was about, about the money. money. We, we thought if we could sell the Romero once he was dead, we would be able to move to Hawaii. But Mr. Gronk helped you. He gave you a job, admittedly in exchange for something for him, but you got something out of it too. You could have been set for life. We were all set for life. Sure, sure but... Hawaii. Well, I I got one more WTF question for you here, dude. Why drive me around town trying to find Gronk's killer if you were the one that killed him? Because Because we were were still still getting getting paid. paid. And we we thought you didn't didn't seem like you were on the ball ball and we would get away with it. You poor mad creature. Welp. Let's get you downtown and uh, into prison for the rest of your life. Gang, it's been a blast. You can all hang out in the mansion if you want. I don't have claim to the place anymore. Mayhew, it was nice meeting you and living with you for a while. Just a heads up, that peacock, the Duchess, she's dead. She ate some of my mushrooms and I kicked her to death. Not a proud moment, but there you go. Alright, see ya. Jeeves, do you want to do the thing? You have the right to remain silent. You have the right to legal representation. If you cannot afford legal representation, this right is removed. Please follow me for sentencing. Looks like that's that. Jeeves, get the Admiral on the blower. Are you ready to be proud of me? It's all taken care of. And you don't have to worry about a thing coming back on you or anyone above you either. Do you have an arrest? Do I have an arrest, he asks. Yeah, I've got an arrest. Not only that, I arrested someone who actually did it. I would have given you the long odds on that not happening. This isn't a purpose gonna have me filing paperwork and misplacing evidence all night, is it? No, sir, don't worry, it's a poor person. A mutate. Good. The man are even bother with a trial. That's some fine work, Catch. I'll send you your fee, minus what you owe me. In that case, if it's alright with you, sir, can I have J9 drop me off at my local boozer and then take the prisoner down to sentencing? Fuck do I care, just don't drink yourself to death. This is Hollywood, John. We need someone as devoid of decency and moral character as you in the law enforcement game. You flatter me, sir. 
Move out the way, Jeeves. I'm driving, and I am driving fast. Well, J9, that's another one in the bag for the best friends gang. What a team we make, eh, buddy? Yes, sir. It has been a honor. Permission to take the prisoner to sentencing. You big softy. You hate long goodbyes, too. All right, homie, I'll see you at the next one. Drive safe, I know you will. Oh, it's good to be home. John Catch. Yep, that's me. And you are? Why am I not surprised you don't remember me? You only ruined my life. Grandma? You arrested me with no evidence. You cost me my job. I was beaten and humiliated in prison. I haven't been able to sleep since. My wife left. She took the kids. You're not that clown that was molesting dogs in the park, are you? Da David! David the security guard from GNR. Oh, that's right. Yeah, how you been, man? <laughs> not too good, John. But I'm about to feel a whole lot better. Oh, really? Why is... Ow! John Catch was created, written, directed and edited by Liam D. Gillies for TopHatsAtCanes.com It featured the voices of Chris Howard as the narrator Liam D. Gillies as John Catch and J9. Paul Quinn as Towns, Jables, Astron and David Henry. Matt Holland as Admiral Clone. Elisa Peartree as Garvin Gray. Matt Hensman as Mayhew. Kate Sheridan as Vaughn. And Mike Milling as Rutherford Hill. All music was composed by Neil Potter. This has been a Top Hat and Canes podcast for tophatandcanes.com.